Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. It is the number one podcast network for professionals. How are we doing in this final week of September? Cam Rogers with you. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen. And of course, you know who we are, your Tiger Woods experts. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Tell your friends. It's an exciting time for golf because the Masters is in November. We have some interesting tournaments leading up to that. So certainly get the pals on board. Of course, hit us up on social media. I am on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. Follow Bridget on both of those social media platforms at Bridget K. Whalen. Here is the rundown of today's show. Bridget and I will kind of give you guys an overview of the fall schedule here as we approach the Masters. The interesting storyline being, will the fields in these tournaments before the Masters be typically better than what you would usually see just because of players wanting to tune up ahead of that major championship? Certainly a storyline to talk about. And of course, Tiger's performance at the Paynes Valley Cup last week. Did he look good? Did he look bad? What does it mean for the PGA Tour and his schedule coming up? Of course, Hudson Swafford winning the Corrales Punta Cana Championship and a breakdown of this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. A lot of young talent again in the field this week, and Bridget is blowing me out of the water right now in terms of the money that she has earned in our competition. She's over six figures in six <laughs> figures I'm in five right now so that's where we are at so exciting times for me and my NFL picks went eight and eight so I'm just like completely average right now so of course we are presented by bet online and yes you know it the wait is finally over football is back and you may not be at the game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online game spreads totals to team player and coaching props Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. So the fall schedule, Bridget, pretty much is underway here. And we have some big-time tournaments coming up. The CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. That is October 15th through the 18th. And then you have the Zozo Championship at Sherwood in California a week later. Yes, Tiger Woods will be teeing it up at that tournament, both of those events leading up to the Masters. Before we get to all that, though, Bridget, let's talk about what we saw last week at the Paynes Valley Cup which was a little charity event among Justin Rose, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, and Rory McIlroy. Look, it was like the match. Tiger looked good. He looked loose. He looked smooth. But what does it mean for actual PGA Tour competition, Bridget? I don't know. Hey, what's up? How are you? <laughs> We're well. 
<laughs> Join in the pod. I'm welcoming myself in. What does the Paynes Valley Cup say about Tiger Woods? I think that it showed he definitely had a little bit of rust, which was interesting because he had just played the U.S. Open. But he seemed to be moving well. I think whenever we see Tiger hit it well, we want to sort of make sure that that continues and that nothing sort of impedes that. And he looked like he was hitting it pretty well. Coming off the missed cut, it was sort of a hit or miss how he was going to show up. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. This was a relaxed environment. And I feel like we always see him play well, sort of play like himself in those environments. Um, but yeah, I guess things looked a little worrisome after the first shot. I said on Twitter, the reason he picked Justin Thomas was that he could just sort of follow along and watch the event. But he sort of picked it up as the, as the day went on. Yeah, I kind of said out loud that first tee shot, yikes. Like, that was a dead draw pull that he hit, I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly. So it was like, all right, here we go again, picking up where we left off at the U.S. Open. Great. But, I mean, overall, yeah, he looked smooth. He looked, you know, obviously in good spirits. It was for a good cause. Jack was there. Gary Player was there. How about the makeup of the course, by the way? I mean, we're talking about Tiger Woods now, the architect, right? And – just a beautiful piece of the United States that was shown on the telecast. I mean, so much wildlife and mountains and just interesting creeks. I don't even know the terminology. I think I slept through geography class, but <laughs> heck, it was pretty cool to see. Like the sites were pretty interesting. Yeah, he definitely uh, has an eye for a course and a knack for design. Zoisha fairways, mm. and he had bent grass greens. The elevation changes were so cool. And the mountain views, I was like, oh my goodness, the wildlife, these views, I want to go here. I know the top, that big rock, I know Big Cedar Lodge, it's like very well known for the landscape and the scenery and the scenic views, but the wide fairways of the course... It was almost like, where is the fairway? Where, where do you hit? Like, do you, can you just hit wherever? It was a pretty cool, a pretty cool course to see. And to honor Payne Stewart is awesome. I think the Ozarks is a place I definitely have to get to at some point. And I would love to see Tiger's course in person after seeing it on TV. I would really love to play that course. And I would really love to get an Ozark experience as well. Probably not right now. Do you remember like a big time news headline. It might've been during Memorial day. Like there was a giant party at the Ozarks and everybody Ew. was flipping out. It was kind of funny to see. Not funny. Probably don't do that folks. Don't party in the Ozarks right now. But I mean, the other know. thing that was crazy was that 19th hole. It was so short. Like that looked incredible. I don't play golf. I've mentioned it on the pod before. I don't know if I could hit the green just because it was surrounded by water. So I probably wouldn't be able to, but that hole was so cool looking. I think that that hole alone, like so, sort of like brought the course to a whole another, a whole other level for me. It was just different. It was totally, it wasn't really tiger. It was sort of unexpected. I like was seeing him in it, but then I wasn't. And I was, it was weird. It was a course that definitely suited his eye. Obviously Payne Stewart's son, Aaron, hinted at it, saying this course was designed by Tiger. So luckily we have the wide fairways, which I thought was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. It just seemed like a course that is going to be easily played by so many people. It seemed like a really good visiting course for, 
for players all for the over. Weekend golfers, yeah. Absolutely. It totally felt like that type of golf course. So I think it was excellent that it got the publicity that it did. And, you know, good on Tiger for that. A tiger has the yacht called Privacy, and this course kind of felt private, intimate, it did. right? Right. I mean, it's, this is not the stadium course. You know what I mean? I mean, this was very much, you know, part of the nature and the serenity of Missouri, right? Yeah. The rivers, the mountains, the hills, the land. It was definitely like a getaway destination feel. That was the type of vibe that I got. A great place for a buddy's trip. That's exactly what the course looked like to me which I think is awesome that he's creating courses like that because you tend to think that Tiger might create more championship style courses, more difficult courses. No, he's going like the exact opposite direction, at least with this, this is a total for the public course and it looks like it's serious fun. So the Payne's Valley Cup was last week. Tiger Woods competing in that. I love these charity events. I don't get like, amped for them Bridget but like it's good TV to have on the background you know while you're doing whatever uh, I like the microphones that's yeah, why I do. yeah with these especially Rory name dropping that he and his wife are on a Domino's kick like <laughs> that's just so ridiculous and in that environment he feels comfortable talking to Justin Thomas like that in no other invite you can make these guys up in a tournament but in no other environment are you going to sort of get that like weird player personality type of nugget. Like it's, it's bizarre. It, it was definitely, it felt like we were looking in on if they were just out practicing together dur- you know, during a practice round before a tournament. That's the type of vibe that I got because it's so lax. It's so chill. Yeah, Tiger and Justin Thomas won, but nobody, Justin Rose, Rory, they didn't, it wasn't, People try to make it like, oh, the Euros versus the Americans. No, they're just having fun. They're out there seeing Tiger's course. Justin Thomas, he said something hysterical. He was like, I don't even know where I feel like I am right now. I He couldn't pinpoint the location. Yeah. Like the beauty of it and the dichotomy of the mountains and the lush greenery. It's just you're in like a Narnia type place. That was It was really cool to see on the TV. Absolutely. And a nice launch point for the fall season here as we get going. Really interesting tournaments coming up. The CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, headlined by Dustin Johnson and a host of other players as well. Bryson DeChambeau, defending champion JT, John Ra, McElroy, Spieth, Rose, Ricky, Fleetwood, Poulter. They are all playing at Shadow Creek. No word on Tiger Woods. I doubt he plays. But you guys may recall that uh, Shadow Creek was the host of the Match OG Part 1, if you will, back in 2018. So, a little interesting history there. Of course, you guys know Tiger has committed to the Zozo Championship. No other tournament as we stand. So, as predicted, Bridget, it's probably going to be the Zozo at Sherwood, and that's it before the Masters. But I think the interesting storyline here in this part of the show is that could we see some really good fields in these tournaments leading up to the Masters because we have a Masters in November. Otherwise, you know, players are probably vacationing and going elsewhere, doing family things, charity events, what have you, right? So the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges 
is one of my favorite courses. I love Nine Bridges. So I'm a little bummed that it's at Shadow Creek. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to just go with this Las Vegas West Coast swing. It's a one-time only thing. But I really am going to miss seeing the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. That course is insane. It's so, it's so beautiful. That area of South Korea is so fabulous. And I think that getting a glimpse of that was amazing that the PGA Tour did that. That's an area of the world that I've never visited before. But because of Nine Bridges, I want to go there someday. I think it's weird how the Bermuda Championship, then you have the Houston, and then Masters. So I don't see a, a lot of people playing. Obviously, if people play the Zozo, no, they're not going to play Bermuda. But then the Houston Open is right before the Masters. It's like – That's an awkward spot, yeah. It's so awkward. And it's, it's almost like if you play the – obviously, we think Tiger is only going to play the Zozo. And that's more than 99.9% .9 certain to be the yeah. truth. Right. But other players who want to get extra golf in, it's so – it's are you going to play the week before? And that tournament is typically only played for people who are trying to get into the Masters. A lot of people don't play the week before a major championship. It, it's not really the style of the dominant guy's schedule. They sort of like to play their golf, have a little relaxation, play a major. Because majors are strenuous they take a lot more effort than a regular PGA tour event. They just do not just the setup, the whole enormity of it, fans, no fans. That's regardless. In my opinion, I still think there's just such a large intricacy to playing a major mentally and physically. So the Houston open, the Bermuda are just, it's just a very awkward little sandwich there ending with like the last piece of bread being the masters. And I don't really know. I, I think a lot of people are going to tee it up at the Zozo. Yeah. And then that's it. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of players playing Bermuda. I, I really don't. And then I see very few sort of not normal players playing the Houston. I don't think that those are really going to shift that much in my okay. opinion. Yeah. I think the travel pattern also is really interesting. I mean, you go from thousand Oaks to Bermuda to right. Houston. That's a lot. Right. Those are a lot of miles and that'll weigh on you uh, ahead of the masters. I doubt anybody on the PGA tour plays those three consecutively. So is no, Bermuda absolutely. Houston. I'd be stunned. Maybe Sung J.M. Yeah, Sung J.M. He is the uh, road warrior of the PGA Tour. He plays everywhere. So, He's but bad. yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the Zozo and CJ Cup, by the way, are 78-man field events. They're right. no-cut events as well. So that'll be an interesting little uh, nugget to track there. Uh, as for Sherwood, by the way, Tiger Woods knows that course very well. He has won there five times playing the Hero World Challenge, which, of course, is not an official PGA Tour event, but... Bridget, maybe some confidence for him. I mean, if there were to be, you know, option B for the Zozo Championship, I think Tiger is pretty happy with Sherwood. Am I wrong? Absolutely. And I like to think that he had some influence there. Oh, I he really so did. does. He has yeah. to. So I think that, that that wasn't surprising at all. I do see players teeing it up at the CJ Cup and the Zozo, one being Justin Thomas. I could see him playing those back-to-back -back weeks. So I agree with you that Bermuda and Houston, probably not a lot of players are going to do back-to-back -back there. But CJ Cup and Zozo, I think, are going to be really good 
fields and, and really good golf to watch. And the CJ Cup has now an opportunity where you're not in South Korea and you're going to get guys who are going to play. And then who knows if, if they like that setup, the setup of the tournament, the way the tournament is orchestrated. There's so many variables. Then maybe next year you see more people teeing it up there. Justin Thomas, he loves playing in that area of the world. He's won the CJ. Has he won it twice? Or he's, I know he's won the CIMB twice, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly. He definitely won the CJ Cup once. I think he's won twice because I think he loves that area. Yeah, he's won the he won the inaugural and then he won last year, right? Correct. Am I? He definitely won last year. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that guy, obviously, is going to tee it up over there, but you, you're not going to get a lot of – there's just people who like what they like. They play where they like. Obviously, you want to win. <laughs> so I, I think it's a really good change-up for this year for the tournaments, and I think Tiger is definitely happy that he's going to get to defend his title at a course that, as you said, he feels supremely comfortable at Sherwood. Tiger's not thinking about this, but other players might be. If you have other elite players playing this fall season a little bit more than normal, the other guys are thinking, oh, crap, FedEx Cup points. I got to keep pace, right? right? So, you know, Tiger doesn't really care too, too much about the FedEx Cup, but other guys out there certainly do. So it's something to kind of keep in mind as well as we continue to see how these fields shake out. Of course, the Shriners Hospitals for Children's Open is next week. That is also in Las Vegas. The field has yet to be fully determined from what I understand uh, just yet. So we'll see about that. But it'll be an interesting uh, fall swing here as we uh, go along. I do want to ask you about the NFL real quick, Bridget, because we've talked about fans at PJ Tour events before and you know, going to 2021, most likely when we will see them. Uh, when you have the NFL and fans in the stadiums there, do you think that's a different sort of circumstance compared to the PGA Tour? And forgive me if I have talked about this before, but I do just kind of want to touch upon it real quick because it is interesting to continue to watch football and see fans there, but then golf and then not so much. Yeah, I honestly think that golf, since they came back, pretty much, they were the first sport back, right, professionally? Yeah. I think that they're abiding by a different set of guidelines. And I understand the thing is about golf is people are moving about, fans. Mm -hmm. And it's not as if you could say, okay, we're going to station – someone here and then two seats over station someone here it's it's a totally different scenario especially when you don't have scaffolding on a course and it literally is just walkabouts it's so hard to sort of predict when fans would be able to be allowed back on courses i honestly don't see it coming in the very near future at all obviously this year is out but i don't see it as we've spoken before i really don't see it coming before probably a third of the way through next year. And that would be at the earliest. Yep. Yeah. So, I yeah. think it comes down to congregation is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Absolutely. makes sense completely. Uh, continuing along here on the Tiger Woods podcast presented by betonline.ag. Tiger Woods' Scotty Cameron recently sold for a lot of money, not his competition, Scotty Cameron, a replica of the Newport 2 putter sold for 154 
$1,000 at an auction on Saturday. That is the most ever paid for a putter. And Bridget, I love Tiger Woods as much as the next person in line, but like, you want to talk about having too much money and then you know what to do with. Like, $154,000 for a putter? I mean, you must be some sort of collector. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> that is something that. That's a whammy. I, yeah, I really have. Uh... <laughs> I have no experience being in that sort of situation. I don't foresee myself being in that type of monetary situation. It uh, It's a little baffling. Um, I, I would rather have a day with Tiger Woods. Right. Instead. I feel like he probably wouldn't even cost you that much. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just one of those things where you have those collectors out there. It's somebody who has like Jack's Rolex right. in his house, her house, and you know, why not get the putter for Tiger Woods as well? So that was an interesting little storyline to see come through the wires this past week. Uh, how about the victory for Hudson Swafford, capturing his second PGA Tour win last week at the Punta Cana Championship? earning $720,000. So compare that to the week before, over right. $2 million for Bryson DeChambeau at the U.S. Open, which is interesting. That actually, yeah, that's, by the way, that, what's that? That's nuts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it was kind of a lower-tiered event. It wasn't a big-time field. But Hudson actually earned more than he's earned in a single season since 2017, which is the year he got his first PGA Tour win. So obviously that is a very important check for him. By the way, uh, nice guy, was at the Travelers Championship one year and chilling in the hotel bar like after a round and Hudson was there and you know, chatted up with him a little bit. And honestly, you know, you love to see that. Those little uh, anecdotal things come true, a, a guy you can root for. So, hey, I'm all for it. By the way, your guy, Will Zalatoris, shooting a 65 on Sunday, finishing inside the top 10. So, a nice He's week cut. for you. He's solid. He's got nerves of steel. Hudson Swafford, I really don't have much commentary on that guy. I, he's like a, he seems like a normal guy to me. They're all normal guys when you break them down. They're just really goddamn good at golf. But they're totally normal people just like us. I think that he made that final round a lot more difficult than it had to be. It was a little nail-biting, and I don't know if it had to get to that point, but he got the job done, so. Friendly reminder, by the way, how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour. I don't care if it's Punta Cana or the Masters. Like, everybody is, you know, swimming upstream at a PGA Tour event, and you got to be that last fish swimming, if you will. So Absolutely. I Regardless, the money, whatever, he got the win. The win, winning a PJ Tour event is so difficult. I don't care what the field is. At some point, you have to acknowledge that these guys are the best golfers in the world. Yeah, sure, it wasn't winged foot. He didn't win over $2 million, but he gets a little bit of a cushion with his job. He's got a little bit of more money in his pocket. And a PJ Tour win is a PJ Tour win. So congrats. Spe speaking of uh, money in the pocket, that is the case for you, Bridget. You are over a half million dollars in the early going of this new PGA Tour season. You picked Xander Shoffley at the U.S. Open, so that'll help. He finished fifth. And then you went with Will Zalatoris last week, uh, tied for eighth. So you're at $600,000. I'm at $12,000, thanks to Denny McCarthy, who finished tied for 41st. Thanks, Denny. 
And so, I mean, and honestly, at this point, the bar is so low for me. Like, if you make the cut, I'm, like, slow, very low-key fist-pumping to myself. Like, I kid you not. So, thank you, Denny, for actually making the weekend. That's a great thing to see. So, I have a lot of work to do, Bridget. This week, we have the Sanderson Farms Championship, the Country Club of Jackson in Jackson, Mississippi. It's a par 72, 7,400 yards, roughly, Bermuda grass. Expect plenty of birdies, similar to last week. Expect the putters in the field to likely rise to the top. So with that, Bridget, we mentioned the name of your pick earlier in the we show. Did. Go ahead. We did indeed. I'm going with Sung J.M. He pulled off some spectacular stuff on the back nine last year. And I don't know, maybe he'll do it again. I really don't have a lot of basis behind this. I sort of, I'm just going with Sung Jay this week. Honestly, you can do whatever you want because you are destroying me right now in the standing. So you don't need any logic. You just make that pick. And yeah, Sanjay M. Runner up. Very well won the playoff last year. Right. So maybe right. he has like a monkey on his back. I don't think Sanjay is that type of person. But I'm going to go with that. I'm going to pretend in the moment that he is. And he desperately wants some redemption. And by the way, this was like the beginning of Sanjay's run to being like the hottest player in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, rookie of the year. Yeah, uh, he was red hot starting now and going through the winter and then the pandemic happened and then he kind of fell off a little bit, but we'll see if he can uh, find some confidence this week. For me, I'm going with a guy who I have been picking a lot in daily fantasy, Sam Burns, tied for 46th okay. last year, T3 in 2018 has made the cut in each of his three appearances at this tournament. He actually gained over seven strokes putting here last season. He finished just barely inside the top 50, but still, if he can carry that putting this year and his iron game this year, which is a lot better now, I think he can be a contender. And he's really a consistent player, too. He doesn't miss a lot of cuts. So give me a little Sammy Burns. Fun fact... My girlfriend, Taryn, is engaged to Sam Burns, just no. not that Sam Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you could, like, pass along the message to him, but all right. That's a uh, different Sam Burns. Got it. Is he a good golfer? I'm not sure. I guess. Aren't all guys, like, at some point a good golfer they think they are? Just stick a club in their hand they're like yeah I could play this game that was me in high school and then I lost my game and uh here we are shooting I low feel 90s like you're like the majority of the people and then there's like 200 guys who play on the tour <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so I don't feel so bad but uh we'll see what happens hopefully Sam Burns can you know make the weekend and maybe finish inside the top 30 that'd be lovely I honestly the bar is so low at this point it's just so sad Sam, uh, give me a top 30 <laughs> Honestly, I'm one and two in fantasy football, like, and obviously my team name in fantasy football is The Analyst, so when you give yourself so much hype and you suck, not a good look because all your friends jump on you, so lessons to be learned out there for you fantasy football players, so. Like, it has dual meaning. <laughs> right, exactly. So right now I am not an analyst, but maybe by the end of the holiday season I will be. So there you have it, folks. The Tiger Woods Podcast right here on the Believe Network, the number one network for professionals. Subscribe, rate, review. Check us out every single week with plenty of Tiger Woods and golf discussion. For Bridget Whalen, my name is Cam Rogers. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.